0: So Money Episode Eleven Sixteen: Hani Wilshansky, Early Childhood Leadership Coach and CEO of Schools of Excellence.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a thirty-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money. You don't know every single detail, and you can't plan for every single thing, but there's a part of me that always knows I'm going to figure this out. Like it's such a powerful tool to have with you to know I'm gonna figure this out. We're, we're gonna make it. My guest is right, we don't know much of anything. And yet we make
0: decisions every single day. There's a part of us that just has to have hope, right? We have to have confidence that we're going to figure it out. And this show is for anyone listening who's considering a big shift in your life, whether it's moving, whether it's changing jobs, whether it's getting out of a bad relationship or entering a new relationship. Change can be scary, my guest today has now worked her way through a major shift in her life in a pandemic on the other side of it, and here to tell us how it went to give us some guidance. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest is Honey Wilshansky, a friend of the show who came on about two years ago to talk about her role as the breadwinner in her marriage, as a mom of four, as an entrepreneur who left teaching to start her own business. And now in the 2020 pandemic, she moved her family from New York City where they were with relatives, a part of a very tight-knit community, to travel all the way to Florida to move, to live. Four kids, her husband leaving his job, coming to Florida without employment. How did they navigate this emotionally, logistically, financially? Hani tells all. A little bit more about Hani. She is an early childhood leadership coach and CEO of Schools of Excellence, where she's worked with hundreds of... Early childhood directors and school owners who are working to build a school of excellence with higher staff retention, teacher motivation, parent partnership, and a collaborative culture. Hani began her journey over a decade ago teaching toddlers in New York City for eight years until she continued her path into starting her own business. Here's Hani Wilshansky. Connie Wilshansky, welcome back to So Money. How
1: are you doing and how's the big family? Thanks so much for having me back, Farnoosh. We are doing really well, Um, settling into our new home. The kids are adjusting to all their new schools um, my husband's a job instinct, his new job. So a lot of transition, but all for good things. So we're doing well.
0: Well, just to catch up our listeners, Honey, you were on the show, let's see now, September 2018, so two years ago. Yeah. And I loved connecting with you on that episode. So many listeners wrote in talking about just how much you moved them. So just to catch everybody up, everyone, Hani is, she's a teacher turned entrepreneur, mom to four kids, breadwinner in her marriage. I get goosebumps because I remember that vow that you shared on the show, the vow that you made to yourself. You wanted a change in your life. It's a lot to sort of be running around with four kids and financially things weren't rock solid. And you said, you know, you made a vow to yourself that you were never going to run out of money, number one. And number two, (laughs) that you were never going to go grocery shopping again, because that was (laughs) always such an episode for you with your kids crying and hungry. And you've done both very well. And at the time when we connected two years ago, you were living in New York City and you've now moved. To Florida with your family. And so let's start there. What caused the move? What what was what was that transition really about?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm really glad you're starting with that piece, because I think when we make promises to ourselves, and we keep them, we really learn how to continue to make bold moves and bold promises to ourselves and continue to uplevel our life. So we were living in New York in a 1600 square foot apartment when COVID hit in March. And for those of you that, you know, live under a rock and don't know what New York went through in March and April, it was, you know, just in the, the epicenter of all the craziness. I mean, sirens constantly just people die, Like it was just a crazy, crazy time. And about 10 days after the schools shut down, I got COVID um, and I was sick for about 10 days. And then just as I was cover- coming out of my bed, my husband got sick with COVID. So our family just went through this really difficult time period. And I remember I when my husband started to get better, I was laying in bed one morning and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I was still in bed. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, that's like, crazy. Like I'm not in bed at 10 o'clock. I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I have a whole morning routine that I do before I take care of my kids. And I just didn't want to greet the day. Like the day was so overwhelming with having four kids home and homeschooling and just trying to navigate everything. My, I had a two-year-old at the time, like it was just insanity on every level. And I remember laying in bed under my covers and I'm just like, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. And it was a Wednesday, or it was, it was two, it was Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm like, by Friday, we're out of here. And under my covers, I went onto Airbnb and booked a place in Jersey for us to get away for the weekend. And then we ended up staying there through Passover and for like six weeks after. And it was in- so, not to interrupt you, but okay, I'm imagining a two-year-old,
0: you're sick, three other kids, who's yeah. watching who? I mean, you're just it was crazy. You're praying at that point, right? You're just hoping someone's not getting hurt.
1: Pretty much. I mean, there were some points that my husband and I were both in bed and the kids were just like in the kitchen or like uh, watching like screen time was like there was no limitation on screen time. Like I think my kids brains are still fried. Um, But no one was watching anyone. It was just let's just pray that God's keeping everyone safe here.
0: Oh my gosh. All right. So you're in Jersey, Airbnb. Was that it? Basically, you're like, this is, you couldn't imagine a life going back to, to New York at that time.
1: So it was kind of like, we got to get the kids out of this apartment. And then, so the moment we were in this house that had more space and front yard and backyard, all of a sudden everyone started breathing and the kids stopped fighting and we stopped arguing and the whole environment just changed. Like within a few days, like everyone was just different human beings. And I remember we were sitting on the couch one night and Mayor's like, is this what life is like when you're not in like, in a tiny space, like, is this what this Mm -hmm. is? And we just kind of start exploring it further. And like, what does it look like when we all have our own personal space, mental space, physical space, um, space to be ourselves. And that really propelled the conversation, like full steam ahead, we need to get out of New York. And you chose Florida. Why? Oh, so many, so many reasons. Um, one of the big reasons that pulled us here was for the schools. Um, so my kids were or- Orthodox Jews. So our kids go to Yeshiva private school. And so we were really looking, um, where are their schools that are very similar to the ones that they go to in Brooklyn? Um, and Florida has some incredible schools here. Um, so that was one of the biggest uh, drivers for us. Um, besides for the fact that, you know, there's no state income tax here. Um, the homes are a lot more affordable, more space better weather. I mean, there's the whole list of reasons, but the biggest one was the schools. As
0: far as your business, and I I want to remind remind everybody what you do, right? So you are in the business of education. You transitioned from teaching to running your own company called Discover Ed Consulting. I would imagine that being in the education space right now, you're very busy, especially as someone who is like outside of the public school systems. Talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about business and how you can kind of work from anywhere, right? So moving yeah. was sort of a no-brainer at this point.
1: No. So moving didn't have any impact um, yeah. on my business. And I think that's such an important piece in, in kind of closing the loop from our conversation two years ago, you know, in being the breadwinner in that One of the things that kept slowing the move down was my husband needed a job here um, because he was, you know, leaving his job in New York and it it kind of kept putting the the move on brakes. And we finally came to a point where, like, we're moving even if you don't have a job lined up, you're going to find something when we get there and our family thought we were insane, like certifiably crazy. Um, our friends thought we were crazy. Like, how do you move if your husband doesn't have a job lined up? How are you guys going to survive? How are you going to pay the mortgage? How are you going to do all this? And I'm like... Well, first of all, you don't need to have the answer to every single question. And second of all, I'm really grateful that I've built a business that I could take with me to Florida. And it's OK. Don't they know you're the breadwinner? <laughs> <laughs> and it's OK. Why are they asking you these questions instead of your <laughs> I, husband? Yeah. I know, right? And it's OK if he doesn't have a job lined up right this second. He's gonna find something once he comes down. There's super capable. He's skilled. He's got a lot of talent, and I'm not worried. He ended up finding something before we moved down, which was fantastic. Um, but I think that having that freedom was just incredible. How has the business evolved?
0: How has yeah. COVID and the breakdown in education in our country because of the inability to have classrooms?
1: Yeah.
0: How has that changed, or were added layers to your company?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. So I work with childcare facilities in early childhood. So um, a huge percentage of our clients actually never shut down because they serve the essential workers, uh, the children of essential workers. Um, and then they opened up very, very quickly as, um, you know, some people were only closed for two or three weeks, uh, a month, six weeks. And then they slowly started opening up to take care of the families of essential workers and then, you know, creating guidelines. And because they're private, schools They followed certain guidelines, obviously, but they didn't have as many of the strict mandates as some of the public school systems did. So all of our clients are open now. Um, most of them are operating at 100% capacity, many of them with waiting lists.
0: How's Florida doing in terms of COVID and your feelings of safety and the the virus spreading and all of that?
1: Oh, so many different feelings. Um, my kids are in school. I'm really grateful for that. Um, our school has taken, um, a lot of different measures for safety and all of those different things. So the kids, you know, they, they wear masks every day to school and they do temperature checks before we come in. Parents are not allowed to come in. We do a drive by, um, Carpool lane, um, but the school is just really taking safety really, really highly, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm also so grateful that the kids are in school um, with their friends, with teachers, just in that setting. So I'm, um, I'm just so blessed.
0: Yeah, we're in this position now, honey, where we have to decide. We've been virtual since the beginning of the school year in this mm-hmm. in our school system here in Montclair. Evans teachers, um, everyone's like, okay, time to decide if we're if you would like to choose a hybrid path or stick with virtual. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, safety and health concerns aside, I'm just also curious. I don't know. I have to ask all these questions about like what is the in classroom experience going to be like, especially for a child like my son who has yeah. focusing problems and if you're social distancing, how is my son just going to be sort of like left <laughs> to his own volition in his seat? Cause yeah. that doesn't work. And at home he gets that support. So I feel like if that's not there for him, it doesn't, it's like, it's not good for anybody. So she, some kids just need the handholding, you know?
1: Yeah. So I, I have a, I have a kindergartner and I have a third grade and a fifth grader and then, and then I have a, t- a toddler and you know, different kids respond to the regulations in different ways. So like, like my third grader, she, we call her the Schwitzer, you know, she's always sweating. So the, she, she has like seven masks in her backpack. She changes like every hour it's all wet and sweaty and she's got to change. Um, but you know, she kind of deals with it. Like she knows she gets uncomfortable and she just, she has to change. Whereas, you know, my five-year-old, um, she's totally fine with it. Like it doesn't bother her. She puts it on, she does her thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother her at all. So I think it like really depends on the kid and kind of how they respond. And I I think the teacher makes a massive difference. Also, like some teachers are just more cautious about all of the regulations. And they kind of like, instill some of that little bit of that anxiety in the kids. And some teachers are just more understanding that their kids and they're doing the best that they can. So I think there's there's so many factors as a parent that you're looking at is like, what is the teacher's mindset around everything? And then who is my child?
0: You know, I want to talk about what you actually did, honey, which to so many people can seem the impossible. In your mind, it was probably you had no other choice. You had to get out of your small apartment. But, you know, you went to Florida, you crossed multiple state lines with four kids running your own business. Your husband did not have a job locked in. And now you're on the other side of that. So give listeners some, whether it's prescriptive advice or if you are listening and you're like, I want to do that, but I'm afraid of the process. The process is very overwhelming. You got to like find a place to live. You got to get your kids in school. You got to find the job. You got to also like plug into a whole new community. And I know that it's COVID and we're not really like out and about. You're just moving locations. You're not changing a whole lot of scenery. Um, but tell us some of the fears or trepidations you had and, and, maybe some of the things that you learned about yourself throughout the process to make it a lot less scary for someone who's listening and wants
1: to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. I'm so glad you're asking that because we were so scared. And, and I, I think there's still some element of fear around the decision, right? Because there's no certainties in life. And I think, You know, as I was exploring moving, and I was I was sharing it with different people. One of the first responses we kept getting was like, "Well, what if it doesn't work out?" And I'm like, "But what if it does? Why are we always asking what if it doesn't work out?" Um, People thought we were crazy. They were jumping straight into buying a house. They're like, "Oh, rent first. Like, what if you don't like it? What if this?" And I'm like. Our, so many of our mindsets are around, what if we don't like it? What if it doesn't work out? What if we're not happy? What if this? And I'm like, what if we ask different questions? What if it, what if it does work out? What if everything lines up? Um, and what if it is hard and we figure out how we come together on the other side of it after nothing is perfect? Living in Brooklyn isn't you know, the golden cherry on top either. Um, we're really suffering here and it's really hard. Um, so what if we make Florida, which will have its hardships also, that becomes our new heart. Um, I think we get so stuck in, I'm comfortable with this hard and the other heart just seems impossible when really there, there are two hardships just in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also like really being vulnerable to ask those questions with your partner. Like this was so daunting on our marriage and just how many conversations we had to have and start and then, you know, stop and then start again a week and a half later when we calmed down from the conversation, like this wasn't like, an overnight decision. There's so many layers and in, in just emotions of leaving and leaving family behind and um, leaving status. And just there's a lot that you leave behind when you move.
0: Yeah. Financially, what made you believe you could make it work yeah. other than just hope? But I assume you had savings yeah, and, you yeah. know, a plan and you had, yeah. did you sell your place? Were you renting? How, did, how Can you walk us through yeah. some of the money stuff?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So we were renting in New York for 11 years, um, in an apartment, the one that we just moved from, we were there for, um, just, just about eight years. And, you know, 10 years ago, um, which at our first year anniversary, I told mayor, I'm like, I really want to buy a house one day. And we were like eyeballs and debt at that time. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One day I was like, no, no, no. Like we're really going to buy a house and our dream house. And, we saved money every single month, even when we were in debt. Some months it was a dollar, $10, some months it was more. Um, once the business took off, obviously we were saving more money every month, but we had such a religious practice of saving every single month for our dream home. Um, and so this wasn't something that kind of came out of the bag where it's like, oh, we're moving and also we're going to buy our dream house. Like we've been saving for our dream house for a decade.
0: And you were saving for a dream house in New York, maybe. So moving to Florida, you could buy four
1: dream houses with that budget. Exactly. Exactly. We were saving for a house in New York. And when we realized that we were never going to be able to close the gap, that's what kind of also propelled the conversation. How are your kids? So every kid is really doing so differently. Um, I think, you know, at the surface, they're all happy and, and adjusting. And I think that it's there's a real transition phase, you know. They really miss their friends. They miss their cousins. I think that part we kind of get get used to just missing them and finding different ways of how we can connect with them. Um, they've all made new friends and they really like school. I think it's it's really just getting used to this different way of life that, you know, when we come home, you could just grab your bike and go around the block. When you come home, you can put on a bathing suit and we'll go swimming. Um, You know, you could just run around and play outside. You can lay in the grass. Like there's just such a different, there's such a different lifestyle that comes with being in nature all Mm -hmm. the time. What do you
0: think is going to be life for you this time next year? You know, it's weird to move in a pandemic to a new part of anywhere. And people are always like, how's it going? I'm like, well, I like going to the grocery store and the parks. (laughs) Haven't met many people. Don't know any of the, you know, can't put faces to names in my son's classroom, you know, or haven't met any parents. So are you looking forward to reopening? Are you looking back at New York and going, I'm going to leave my options
1: open? I think when we left we kind of knew there was no going back in the sense of, I think in the sense of a few things, one is I don't want to go back to the stress cycles that we had in New York. And I think when, when we moved here, we had to be so mindful of, you know, I had this story that happened to me. This is like two weeks ago, we were getting in the car to take the kids to school and my daughter Goldie, she's eight. She, she's like, Oh mommy, I forgot my water bottle. Um, can you, can you go back and get it for me? And I had this moment of this like complete panic attack because in New York, if you forget something You need to unlock all the kids out of their seatbelts, cross the street, go back a flight of stairs. You're schlepping everyone with you in their winter coats, then go back. I mean, it's like a 30 minute ordeal just to get the stupid water bottle. Um, So if the answer is yes, it's very begrudgingly or the answer is no, now you're going to deal with a tantrum. And I had to breathe and remind myself the water bottle is 10 steps from the car. It's 10 steps. It'll take you 20 seconds. And I ran, I got it for her, she was in heaven. And so I like I'm never going back to those stress cycles again. That is like, there's no going back to that because the peace and the beauty and the calmness that we can experience as a family is so different. Um, but I think the other piece is, yeah, I am looking forward to getting to hang out on the front lawn with neighbors more um, and having the kids, you know, just that kind of bondness and going to backyard barbecues together. Like I I do, I'm looking forward to that coming back really soon.
0: Yeah. It's a hundred percent feel that I don't have, I, I have only two kids, so I yeah. can't even imagine with four. Uh, but when we started looking in the suburbs coming from, you know, an apartment in New York where one of our priorities maybe sounds really basic was like, we want sidewalks Yes, we want flat land and we want <laughs> you know a sizable backyard because if we're really going to do this, let's do this and let's let's try to get rid of some of these day-to-day annoyances which was for us, you know, our elevator always breaking down, trying to cross the street, sending a prayer before you cross the street yeah. with your kids, you know, on their scooters. It is it makes a huge difference. Many many families out of necessity are experiencing the other side of the the, the, the housing equation in this pandemic. And I think many of them are like you and I are like, what were we thinking? What, yeah. what the, how can yeah. we didn't do this sooner? And it does make me wonder what's going to happen to big cities where there's a lot of vertical living like New York and Chicago and Boston. But I, I think there's you know, there's the opportunities for maybe younger people in New York now who couldn't afford to live there before. Prices are coming down. They want to experience the city life, but as as a family, it just got really hard in in a way that was just like you said, you know, the daily stressors.
1: And I think you really have to ask yourself, what are you ready to live with? And what are you ready to live without? You know, so many people are like, but I can never give up the schools that we have here. Or how can I, um, you know, one parent was like, my kids would never, ever let me do that. Like, they, they love their friends. Like, I could never do that to them, take them away from their friends. And I was like, are you still friends with people you were friends with when you were in sixth grade? I don't think so. No. You know, we we evolve, we grow, and it's okay for friends to say goodbye and keep in touch at a different level and the friendship evolves to a different, um, it just evolves differently and your kids make new friends. Like, we're, we're so afraid to change, but at the other side, there's something so much more beautiful and magical for you. Um, Do
0: you think that becoming an entrepreneur prepared you to take on even more risks or to face risk in a different way?
1: 1,000%. I think that when I we jumped in, obviously we didn't know every single... You know, thing or you know, how much is it really going to cost to cut the lawn, or how much is like, what is the electricity going to be when you're trying to cool off a, a bigger house or whatever it is? Like, you don't know every single detail, and you can't plan for every single thing. But there's a part of me that always knows I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm not going to get stuck. And I think that's like it's such a powerful tool to have with you to know. I'm gonna figure this out. We're we're gonna make it. Hani Wilshansky, thank you so much.
0: It's been really good to catch up with you. I've always wanted to have you back since the first time you came on the show. Everyone listening, make sure you go back to, I wanna get this episode number for everybody. It was September, 2018, and the episode number was 781. You'll learn about Hani talking about just, you know, her transition from teaching to running her own business and what that was like and being the breadwinner in your marriage. So many honest revelation you provided us in that episode. I, I reference it often and I, I'm so glad we got to reconnect Hani, thank you and wishing your family continued blessings in this in this time and forever.
1: Thank you so much for news. thank you for that and thank you again for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much to Hani for joining us. To learn more about Hani, check out schoolsofexcellence.com. If you have a question for my Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh, please send me your questions either on Instagram, direct message me there at Farnoosh Tarabi, or go to somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you haven't voted yet, good luck tomorrow at the polls. I'll see you on the other side of Tuesday, and I hope your day is so money.